Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu, and I'm really excited to introduce our guest today, Sue Reynolds. She's with Carmine Media, and the reason why I bring her onto the show is that she has a fantastic story. She followed all the rules as a child, did everything right, then she had a series of events forced her to pivot. And so we're going to be talking about influencers, making an impact, imposter syndrome, perfectionism. And I'm happy to give marginalized individuals, communities, people a voice on the stage to share their stories. So Sue, welcome. Chris, I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah. So I like I kind of outlined your, but tell the audience about your backstory briefly and how you came to do what you're doing. Oh, well, it's been it's been a long road, but um, everything sort of came together for me finally for where I am now. So go back to the 80s. I'm growing up in high school. Uh, we're experiencing sort of the backlash, the women's liberation movement, if you will, in the 70s. Um, the 80s was more of a time, you know, how things swing politically, of course, you know, we're seeing a lot of that. And uh, in the 80s, there was quite a backlash to women being in the workplace. My parents were children of the 50s, so they they were pretty aligned with those tenets that women should be staying home, raising children, that you should get married. Being a mother was like the most enlightened thing you could possibly do. You know, I feel like I'm, I'm some sort of, uh, like I'm quoting Virginia Woolf or something. But in my mind as a child, I was very influenced by all of that. I was also raised in a Catholic family. You know, so divorce was something that you didn't, that was just taboo. And so, and I, you know what, I absorbed all of that. And that was my identity until I fell in love with a woman in uh, about seven years into my marriage. And boy, howdy, that was a identity crisis for me. And I went through a really, you know, serious time of anxiety. Um, It was very difficult. But what I went through has shaped what I'm doing now. Um, Because as I had to unlearn what it means to be a good person, what it means to be a woman and, uh, and shape my new path with these understandings, I now have learned that so many other women buy into those same gender rules that we're all supposed to follow. And I call it shoulding on yourself. You know, we put all these shoulds on ourselves. And now I'm using what I learned. I have a leadership degree in organizational uh, organizational leadership. I've been in the corporate world for 30 years. Yes, I did get a job 
And, uh, and I've learned a lot. And so all of a sudden, women are coming to me for advice on how to break out of these gender stereotypes. And I became accidentally famous on TikTok, posting that content. And now, um, yeah, you're right, I pivoted. And now I'm coaching and directing and being uh, trying to be an influencer in that space. Um, I'm finding it really powerful because so many women have also absorbed those rules that put them in a very small box of who they're allowed to be in the world. Really, so it's really interesting because you know what you're talking about is basically a liberation. Um, you know, it started with back in you know way before there was like a scientific revolution then there was like um the you know artistic revolution then there was like the 70s and uh you know just the, the way the way you're describing the way things are like these white picket fences just that's not the way things <laughs> work in our society today but that's you know growing up that's how it was you know um but that's just such a like limited narrow view but um so what what's interesting is so you know you talk about these narratives and so you know the focus is you know women but how does internalized bias just hold people back at work in general you know it could be african american could be asian latino lgbtq all these oh Explain yeah more yeah yeah and i have that intersectionality going on you know with a woman um and having a woman as a partner my partner and i've been together for more than 25 years now you don't even know you're doing it you don't even realize that you are marginalizing yourself that you're putting yourself in a box um and one of the ways in which i guess i can articulate that is when i first started posting this content what I was posting about was how to be assertive, uh, how to stand up, how, where to sit when you go into a meeting. So many women will take the seat along the wall instead of actually sitting at the table or we'll sit and make ourselves really small. Um, and, you know, people, you know, joke about man, man spreading, right? It, like on a subway or whatever. And we're the one that we do the opposite. We try to take up no space. But when I'm in the grocery store, I... I am so paranoid about being in someone's way. And I got that message that I was in the way as a child. And I think so many of us have that message. So where I'm going with this is that women don't even realize that they're thinking like this. So when I started posting this content, here's what here's the comments that I got. I'm going to do a presentation about this in a few weeks. The question was, why do I have to act like a man to get ahead? I don't want to act like a man in the office. And what I was what I was articulating is how to be assertive. For example, let me give you some examples. Instead of saying, I'm sorry to bother you, but can you help me with XYZ? You just say, do you have a moment? I need help. Instead of oh, apologizing all the time. I'm sorry. Can you help me? I'm sorry. You're probably busy. I'm sorry. Women were taught to do that because we are supposed to be not in the way where other people's needs come before ours. So when I suggested the horror that you don't apologize and instead you say, do you have a moment? I need, I have a question. They attributed that to acting like a man. Mm -hmm. And I find that fascinating. Honestly, it, it's a little, it's, it's a little disheartening, but it's also fascinating because that's the box that, that we're all in, or a lot of us are in. And it makes them feel like it was a trigger. They were triggered by it. 
Why should I act like a man? If you're telling me to stand up straight, hold my hands like this instead of be small. Well, why should I act like a man? I'm telling you to take up space. I'm telling you to be equal. And I think that if you're in a marginalized group, there are those stories that are in your head, no matter what, whatever the message is that you got. And it's not just your parents, TV shows, society, your teachers, your <laughs> classmates, you know, what shapes us as a person. Mm. We got messages about our place in society, whatever group we're in. And we internalize those. We make them part of who we are. Mm -hmm. and they hold us back yeah very powerful and so how how does this uh how does this um manifest in perfectionism imposter syndrome and you know you mentioned something really interesting is this double standard because if men are aggressive they get promoted and if women are aggressive they they are oh put yeah down and you know same thing with you know especially especially you know uh these double standards so how does that um manifest yeah. Well, that hasn't gone away. If you Google assertive backlash, you'll find a lot of research around what's known as the assertive backlash. So we walk a tightrope, especially in the corporate world. Chris, mm. we we have we have we're sort it's sort of a double bind because you're right. If we come across as too assertive, there's a backlash. So for example, so let's say you've got someone who's interviewing for a position. The man comes in very confident comes in strong. The perception will typically be, boy, he's really confident. Um, I really like, he's going to be great. He's going to be a really great leader. The woman comes in and they say, boy, she came on really strong. I don't know how we're going to be able to fit her into the culture, right? There's that assertive backlash that women are sort of maligned when they act outside of the gender role that's prescribed to them. Indeed. So there is an assertive backlash. One of the things that I try to do is give women techniques to mitigate it. Yes, it should not exist. We all agree with that. And that's what we want to work toward. But be before we get there or while we try to get there, we can do some things to mitigate it. Yeah. What, and you mentioned these, uh, these um, ideas and uh, actually what, what came to my mind was, you know, who who does who determines these standards? Is is you know, is the male culture, the male dominated culture? Sure. So, what are some techniques you use to um to help your clients? So, one of the things that seems to be, and this is research based. Um, I I don't put stuff out there that I haven't read in some sort of informed journal, right? Many times it's Harvard Business Review or a research based study. In this case, um, I read that you can reduce assertive backlash when, when expressing an idea by saying, I have a mug, I have a mug and uh -huh. I had, I don't know, if it might be backwards, but I had a mug printed with the saying, it says, I'm going to express my opinion right now very directly and specifically. Then you express your opinion. So it's almost like you're setting up the idea that, okay, I'm going to say something that is an opinion of mine. Somehow that lands better than just saying your opinion. You know, I'm not saying just women do this. Uh, men used to do, men do a lot of that too. I, I learned, you know, one of the great orators, orators for me would be our President Obama, who would say, look, I'm going to be very clear. And then he would be very clear. So it's almost a warning that you're going to say something and then people are ready to receive it. It prepares them. So mm -hmm. that's one way. 
I also encourage women to show up without apology. The apology creates a status imbalance and you're the one doing it because you're, you're apologizing for that status imbalance. So don't go into a conversation and immediately put yourself second, although we've been taught to do that. And how do you, how do you, de- how do you teach clients de- dealing with, you know, the labels like Karen or, you know, the different things? How do you, how do you just, you know, if they do get that backlash, how do they, how do you teach them to deal with those labels? Yeah. If somebody's labeling you, that's disrespectful. Mm-hmm. And you teach people how to treat you by what you tolerate. You can be kind and still clear about what you will tolerate and what you won't tolerate. And there is no circumstance in which you could you should tolerate name calling, whatever the name calling is. And you can say, you know, I'm going to let you get away with that this time. But the next time, it won't be so pretty. You can do it with humor. You can do it with a smile. You can do it graciously. You don't have to have a temper tantrum. You don't have to get all ruffled. You can just let them know. You got away with that this time. But next time you call me a Karen or call me a name, we're going to have a problem. And, And as long as you continue to work on building relationships with your coworkers, positive relationships, and that goes for all of us, then you can get away with some of that education when it needs to happen. Yeah. Interesting. Another follow-up question I had is, so do you think uh, these, these ideas of perfectionism and imposter syndrome, is that a symptom of the status imbalance of um, you know what you're talking about and, and basically encouraging clients to accept their imperfection and uh, own up to who they are? You know, I think that I just listened to a Harvard Business Review podcast about perfectionism just yesterday when I was at the gym. It occurs in high achieving people, not just women, although it does occur with women more. But people who are very high achieving and perfectionists tend to suffer from imposter syndrome. We are setting standards for ourselves that are, first of all, very high. And that's why you're high achieving. But then we don't internalize the messaging when we do a good job and someone tells us we do a good job. We don't believe them. Mm -hmm. We think we're going to get found out as a phony. Oh, someday they'll find us out. I really don't know as much as I pretend to or they think I do. And yeah, I think that there's a disconnect between what we present to the world as our best self and what we know is true to be about ourselves because we know all the bad stuff, right? We know what goes through our minds. We know the mistakes and the failures we've made. They don't necessarily have all of that data. So they're looking at us like a very accomplished person and we're looking at our whole self and and focusing on the negative, which all humans do. High achieving perfectionists are gonna be especially plagued with imposter syndrome. And the thing is, there's a good and a bad side to most every personality trait, right? So it might be the constant striving for improvement that imposter syndrome creates that makes us experts, it makes us better. But while we're in it, it's not a fun feeling. It can be very debilitating. 
I'm not sure if it's the power imbalance that causes it. I think that it's more the idea that we have to be perfect mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in order accepted by the world. Very powerful. Yeah, very interesting. How can people contact you, follow you, you know, reach out to you, check out your social media, check out your work? Yeah, um, I, I've got a website. I'm on all the socials, right? My full-time career is a social media marketer. So I manage a team of social media people. So I'm all about the socials. So you can find me on TikTok and on Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram at Carmine Media, C-A-R-M-I-N-E Media. Red is my favorite color. You see the red walls in the background. That's Carmine Red. Um, you can all, you can find me on TikTok, Carmine Media. You can email me, info at Carmine. Um, that's where you'll find all my stuff, my courses, my leadership book, um, all of my freebies are on there and the coaching, the link to my coaching intake form is on there too. Yeah. And for all the audience out there, let's thank Sue Reynolds for coming onto the show. We need more people outspoken, talk about these really important issues, get more diversification, equity, inclusion in our uh, society, and more ideas uh, become mainstream. And all of Sue's resources will be in links and show notes. And with that, thanks so much for coming onto the podcast. Thank you, Chris, for having me. And thank you for highlighting such an important topic. I really appreciate you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I hope you really enjoyed that wonderful, inspirational, motivational piece. Again, if you, wherever you are listening, if you liked it, be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. We're on everywhere Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, Audible. And without much ado, be sure to thank this show's sponsors. We'll see you next week.